Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Big Ten Watchdog News podcast. I am Graham Dynas. And I'm Taylor Schumer. All right, before we get into it today, just want to give a plug for, obviously, our YouTube account. Give us a like and a subscribe on this video on YouTube. We are now on Apple and Spotify. So links in the description. However you're seeing this video, there will be links to each of our other platforms that we are posting on. Um, so for those of you that have been watching on YouTube, and if you're at all frustrated by the fact that you can't leave the app and, you know, look through something else or shut off your phone briefly to, to you know, do something and we quit playing, that will no longer happen if you want to give us a listen on Apple or on Spotify. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. Um, that's where a lot of our, our content's coming from, especially heading into the, the big tournament that's it's going to be a big place to give us a follow. And then on TikTok as well, all of those links will be in the tree in the description. Just click on the little icons with that represent each app for whichever your preferred destination is. Yeah. Today's games, we're going to break down the four games that took place on quarterfinal Friday here in the Big Ten. And then after that, we will talk about the two semifinals that will be played tomorrow. The first game today was played at 12 Eastern, 11 Central. Purdue, the one seed, played their first game against Rutgers, who is, came off the win against Michigan yesterday, and more than likely put themselves into the field, and they won by 5-70-65. Really physical first half. Really, really good game. And then... Um, Cliff Amore picks up his fourth foul with about eight minutes left. Well, he picked up his third foul with eight minutes and six seconds left and then followed it up with his fourth foul with 8.03 left. And then Purdue went on a small run at that time and pushed Rutgers kind of out of the game. Um, but one of the key issues was, and we knew that Rutgers was going to match up well. We've talked about this. But the defense, they put a lot of pressure on Purdue's freshman guards. Um, Taylor, are you at all concerned about Lawyer and Smith and those guards heading into to the tournament, just seeing as how they were pressured early in the game today? Yeah, I would be worried if I was um, Purdue. Um, although I would have been worried all year because, I mean, as we've seen before, once they lost that first time to Rutgers, the formula was there. Uh, once you stop Edie, then it's all on the freshman guards. And do they have enough to propel Purdue to the top? And occasionally this year they didn't. Um, and with your season being only one game in length during tournament time, um, if you have a game where your guards don't play very well because they're shutting down Edie and they have to rely on you for everything, uh, I would be worried about that. Yeah, it it's – a problem for this team. One of the, the few problems that they have, you can poke holes if you can put pressure on them in the backcourt. They don't have that true, you know, experienced ball handler. And so that that's definitely something that I'd be concerned about if I were them. Do you think that Rutgers, after they, lo after they lost today, do you think they need to be worried about not making the field potentially? I saw that Lenardi had them as his last team with a bye. They weren't in his first four after the game, I had them as my last team in before today. What do you think? Um, worried about getting in? I don't think so. I think yesterday's game was enough to get them in. 
but they might be playing on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's kind of what I'm feeling like too. I I don't see any of these bubble teams surpassing them. Clemson was playing as we're filming this, um, and they were getting crushed by Virginia. I don't see them going anywhere. I think the only thing that could potentially throw a wrench in is if you see Arizona State win their game tonight against Arizona, or maybe um, if, like, UAB were to beat Florida Atlantic and steal a bid or Vandy somehow ends up winning this SEC tournament and stealing that bid. Um, But I don't think that they're – are a lot of teams outside the bubble that are going to come and catch them. No, I don't think anybody outside is coming in. Um, some people in might bump them down into the first four game, uh, but I think they're going to be playing in March either way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned yesterday that I would have a bracket for today. Like I said, Ruggers is an 11 seed. They're one of my last four in. They would get a matchup with Oklahoma State in that first four game, and the winner of that would then get to play Utah State, who is another team that's on the bubble, but the metric loves the Mountain West. So they, my metric says they should be a six seed, which they will not be. Um, and then Purdue is has officially been bumped to the two line. UCLA has taken that last one spot. And so, Yeah, I feel like that's expected, though. I feel like that's I, more likely uh, based on how they've been playing down the stretch. I, yeah, I agree. I think – that UCLA, even without Jalen Clark now, is looking like they're probably the better team to end up with that one seed. But if Purdue wins this tournament, it's going to be hard not to give it to them, I think. Unless UCLA does the same. Agreed, I guess. If if It just depends on where you view them. Because the Big Ten is obviously a stronger conference than the Pac-12. But then, I guess if you beat Arizona, Arizona's better than anyone that Purdue could beat. So it's it's a wishy-washy thing. We'll see what the committee has to say on Sunday, if it even gets to that point. Um, the second game today was Ohio State continuing their magical run, getting a 10-point win over Michigan State, our projected winner of the tournament. It's bounced in the first game, um, 68-58. No Bryce Sensabaugh because of an injury. Do you think Ohio in quotes? I think it might have been a business decision because he didn't think they would be winning this game. He wanted to just sit out and not play three games in three days to get to in case he does get injured and leaves. But that's a hot take. That's you think that's a hot take? Is that completely speculatory, or are you seeing this? Are you seeing these takes around? It was um, nothing is set in stone, but it was a speculative take I saw on Twitter. Okay. He might be making this as a business decision and not actually be overly injured to where he can't play. I didn't even think about that. That's a. I guess that's possible. I feel. But I guess we'll just see what he does tomorrow to to really know. The way this team is playing, I feel like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Just because, did you see the clip? They're in the the locker room or something. Not the locker room, but like they're watching highlights of the game. And one of their guys is getting interviewed by the guys on Big Ten Network. And then, like, they're showing his little, you know, sizzle reel of his best plays from the game. And they're all going ballistic in the locker room. It's a pretty cool video. No, I, I didn't it. see that. I'll have to find it. But... I saw it earlier. It's a good video. Um, back to Bryce Sensabaugh. Do you think that Ohio State's better without him? Better without him is tough. Um they're just a different team without him. I don't know if they're better or worse. They just play differently. Um, 
But I mean, he played in the first two games and they won. So, I mean, that I can't say that they were, you know, worse before and now they're better, or they were better before and now they're worse because they they won both ways. I so yesterday I said that Ohio State, they weren't like jumping off the screen at me. Like I thought they were just good enough to win against Wisconsin and Michigan State. Today they played really well. They played yeah. very well today. They're playing whenever we started this podcast on January, whatever, mid-January, and I was under the impression that Purdue and Ohio State were the two best teams in the conference. This team that played today is the one that I was talking about. They looked really, really good. Holding Michigan State to 58 after they'd been almost perfect offensively for the past week and a half, two weeks. That's big time for this Ohio State team. Yeah, and I I think they had this in them for the entire year. I just don't know where it went. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, do you think that this team, do you think Ohio State has the chance to win the tournament? They have to beat Purdue, and then they'll have to beat one of Indiana or Penn State. Can they do it? Can they steal a bid? Absolutely not. Uh, As we discussed on yesterday's pod, I thought they could win this game. Because I thought they matched up well and they could, if they shot well and Michigan State didn't, I thought they'd be in exactly where they were, a 10-point game or so. But I don't know how they're going to stop Edie or Penn State or Maryland. Or, I'm sorry, Indiana. Penn State would be their best shot, and I don't know if Penn State is going to make the Sunday game either. Yeah, it, there's going to be a lot on Felix Akpara's plate to stop Zach Edie on the inside because Zed Key obviously not playing. Yeah, it also helps when you shoot above 50% from three on the day. That's that's kind of big and still only put up 68. And that's kind of the trade-off when you don't have Bryce Sensabaugh is your team has to shoot 50% to almost get you to 70. But then again, you'd hold Michigan State to under 60. So it's it's an interesting conundrum that they have. But – it's just interesting that this is the team that we're talking about at this stage in the season after I was trying to write them off whenever we were talking about teams at, towards the end of the season. What are your thoughts about Michigan State heading into the tournament? They played one game and are done in this tournament. What are your just general thoughts about March? I mean, they finished right in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten with everybody else, so they're all average. Um, nobody that really flashes, nobody that really – causes problems, I would say, for them. They're really just an average team on an average year in the Big Ten, um, which, as we know from recent prior years, is not does not bode well for tournament success. <clears throat> um, however, they do have the coach of Tom Izzo on their side. However, as we talked earlier, should Tom Izzo be on, on Mr. March probation? said this jokingly but his his march him being the essence of march is on probation barring a a win in the tournament all they have to do is win their first round game but if they don't then he him being the the personified form of march is going to be under questioning for sure looking at the bracket for michigan state because ohio state's still out although they are swiftly approaching the bubble they're not there and they they won't be there for a while but 
They're They'll be on them. the bubble when Sunday comes and the final horn sounds. They, and are, they have to make it. They are rapidly approaching, though. They're moving up pretty quickly. Michigan State is the number 29 team overall in my rankings, so the best eight seed. It would get them a first-round matchup against the Auburn Tigers as a nine, which would then lead to a first-round matchup with UCLA. So, winnable game against Auburn. I think that would be a real grinder. And then you've got UCLA, who is without Jalen Clark. And, I mean, they're doing well against the Pac-12 right now, but this Michigan State team could be a different animal. Yeah, Penn State, 67, Northwestern, 65. In overtime, not to, uh, in on a neutral court, not to be confused with Penn State sixty-eight, Northwestern sixty-five in overtime at Northwestern that took place about a week ago, almost the exact same game today. Yeah, and I tried to tell you this yesterday. You didn't buy it fully that I said this was going to be the best game of the tournament, or the best game of the day at least. But it it might be the best game of the tournament, barring a Purdue Indiana final. I, I agree. This game was awesome. I was thoroughly enjoying the first half. It came down to the buzzer at the end. And then once again, Chase Audige had a look at it at the very end. He, it was quite an ugly look, but he almost threw it in. It, but, you know, that this brings into question the always foul late up three argument because they did, and it almost came back to bite him. Yeah, that's... That can't – I've changed my mind on this a little bit. That can't be in everything – every situation type of thing. It has to be team by team and game by game. It's a scouting report thing. Going in, you have to know that either you do or you don't shoot free throws well so that you think you can make just as many or more free throws than the other team. And you have to think that they won't be – they won't make free throws or throw in three-pointers. And The thing, the thing with Penn and, State – okay is that they obviously are not very big. They aren't great rebounders. And whenever if you're going to foul up three and they miss that free throw, you got to be able to rebound, and they couldn't. That's something you obviously have to take into account. That's fair, too, yeah. I mean, there's multiple factors that go into it. I would personally lean on the side of fouling up three more often than not. I agree. But I do think it's That's a case-by-case case basis. Yeah, I think – each game you need to analyze statistically and using data what is the best approach for your team and the other team, calculate win probability stuff. Um, and that's something that I know in – I mean, obviously in baseball, that kind of stuff is happening everywhere. In football, you're seeing it a lot more where you'll have like a specific coach that's in charge of relaying that win probability information to a head coach that's something that I feel like we're going to start seeing in basketball more and more in the next couple of years. Yeah, and I don't know if I like it because it just means, I don't know, it takes out all the coaching aspect and just leaves it down to direct number for number, what's the best play here. And it's not like every coach is going to adapt to it because there are so many, college basketball especially, so many old school coaches, but there are going to be some coaches that are going to want that and – are going to take full advantage of it. And those are, I'd imagine those are the coaches that are going to succeed more often, I, I would guess. I don't know. I mean, all the old school coaches at some point are going to retire and all the, all the young kids that are using all this data metric are going to take over. I think it'll come eventually. but It will. 
I don't it's, think it, I mean, yeah. It's inevitable. It uh it data is everywhere. All right. Um Penn State locked into the field now. Looking at my bracket before the game today, they were also in my last four in, but they were the the furthest from the bubble. So they would have an eleven seed matchup with Mississippi State for a chance to play Florida Atlantic, another team that won't be a six seed, but mid majors are heavily favored in the metric. So Penn State probably out of the first four. Rutgers also potentially out of the first four, according to a lot of bracketologists. And so we might not see in a time where we thought we'd be seeing potentially three Big Ten teams in Dayton, it may not be any anymore. Yeah, I think that's the most likely outcome at this point. Yeah, I think Rutgers maybe, but it's going to take a bid stealer or two. Northwestern, will they win? Will they win a game in this tournament? Do you think that they're they're going to still? Um, I think it depends on seed and matchup, but I think they can. I think the first game, I think they're they might even be a favorite in. They might need a lot of help to win a second, but that doesn't mean that they can't. We're seeing a a rough patch for Chase Audige, and that's kind of scaring me because he's not playing his best ball heading into the tournament. I think he shot three of 14 today, which is just, you know, your average bad chase on each game. So that's kind of something to look out for. But now he's going to go sit a week after playing really bad for two weeks. Maybe that gives him the, you know, reset that he needs to go have the chase on tournament that we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, also true. It will not be this tournament. So we were only half right in our prediction. Northwestern will not be making their way to the title game. Uh, but Ohio State is still our official pick to win the tournament. That was that was our bold prediction. That is what we're going to go with still. Okay. Penn, or, I'm sorry. Northwestern was a nine seed in my bracket. Their first round matchup was against Creighton, who will not be an eight seed, um, for a chance to play Kansas. And I don't see Northwestern having a whole lot of fun in that little sub-quadrant of games. I would imagine not, but anything can happen with Bill Self being out now. Yeah, but they're winning. They're playing tomorrow for the championship against either Texas or TCU. You will know by the time this episode is posted, but we do not at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Northwestern can definitely win at least a game in the tournament. Um, again, barring a, a really tough matchup, if you have a team that's pretty guard dependent, they have the guys to shut it down, and that's – what a lot of these tournament teams' DNA is. And the final game of the day, Indiana gets a 10-point win over Maryland, 70-60, to 60, just one of the Trace Jackson Davis dominant performances that we're coming to expect every day. Mike Woodson is literally running this NBA offense where he just spreads the court and has Trace isolate, and if a double comes, someone's open for a shot. It's it's really good offense. It's kind of shaky, similarly to Penn State, and we'll talk about that in that matchup whenever we get to it later. But it's inconsistent, but with how consistent Trace has been, they are obviously playing very well right now. Um, do you think that this tournament is Indiana's to lose at this point? Yeah, I kind of thought that the whole way, to be honest. Um, when we were talking about, when we were going through and picking who are uh, tournament winner would be that first pod before the tournament started. Um, I was really high on Indiana 
and that's just not how the the wheel ended up at the end. Um, so I I still do think this is Indiana's, and it's especially easier now that they have a ten and a thirteen um, in the last four. It's one, three, ten, and thirteen, and they could see both of them. They could again. I, I'm not sure the likelihood of Ohio State getting there. Penn State is not your average ten seed though, because on any given night that team is good enough to beat anyone in the conference and probably anyone in the country. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, numbers don't lie at some point, and I think Indiana is still the better team. Yeah, I think if I mean, they if they didn't lose, I think if they lost in the championship game, no one would be mind blown. If they lost tomorrow, I think some people would be scratching their head as to what went wrong. Yeah, but this just with the way that this Penn State team is too is they're hot now. They're playing another game, a third game in three days after two games where they shoot the ball pretty well. It's I this is I don't think it's a gimme for Indiana. I think I think they're the better team. I expect them to win. Absolutely not a gimme in any way. Um on the other side, Maryland again, just nothing really jumping off the table. Kind of like yesterday they took care of business against Minnesota today, lost by ten against Indiana, just Nothing too spectacular. Um, heading into the tournament, their current seed in my book was a nine with a first-round matchup against West Virginia, and the winner of that would see Houston. I definitely could see them beating West Virginia. I absolutely do not see them beating Houston. Yeah, I don't think they have the offense to overcome Houston's defensive push. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think that with the right matchup, Maryland can win a game come the tournament. Um, I mean, they have they obviously have guys to win. I mean, they finished respectable in the in the Big Ten, <clears throat> but I mean, I wouldn't if I was a Terrapin fan, I wouldn't be, you know, betting my house on an Elite Eight run. No, and but I do think that this Maryland team has a lot more promise than some of the other teams that will be in the field to make a second weekend. Would you say this is their best team since their national title run? No, they were really good three or four years ago before COVID. I know that they – I don't know if they got a one seed in the tur- in the Big Ten tournament. but And then the year that the tournament got canceled, I think the Big Ten that year was theirs to lose. They were really good. It was them and the Cassius Winston team. But this is obviously their best team since then because last year's team was not good. The year before that, they were fine. So, I don't know. I think that this team – has a chance to make the Sweet 16. Um, likely, probably won't, but obviously it could be there. Indiana, looking at what their matchup would be, I also had them as a six. They're probably going to move up. Their 11 seed matchup would be Nevada, who just got beat pretty handily by San Jose State. And then they would get a rematch in the second round against Arizona, which that would be a very, very fun game with Azulas Tabellas and TJD. Yeah, that'd be must-watch, um, although I don't think that they'd be playing Nevada first round because Nevada just got molly-whopped. So I've seen people that... with, with Nevada still in their last four in. So. That's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, but, I mean, the Mountain West is legit. They're quality conference out there, but people would argue it's better than the Pac-12. Obviously, the Pac-12 has the power at the top, but the Mountain West is a little bit deeper, I would say at least in that 
three to five range of teams. Okay, so yeah, those are that's just our thoughts kind of on on today's games. Looking at tomorrow's games and giving those a preview. The first of which we have talked about it: Purdue and Ohio State. These teams have met twice on the season. Um, like the uh, like we mentioned, the first time was a 71-69 Purdue win in Columbus. That was a game that Zed Key got hurt initially, um, and Bryce Sensabaugh kind of stepped into the lead role. Um, and that I think that game is going to be a lot more indicative of the Ohio State team that we're going to see tomorrow as compared to when they played on February 19th and Purdue won at home by nearly 30. On average, Zach Eady is going for 21-11 and 11 in those two games. Um, do you think that Purdue is going to come out flat? Or do you think that they're going to be motivated and, and just take care of business like they should? No, I think it'll start close. Um, I mean, Ohio State is clearly hot, but I don't think that they'll – I don't think they'll have enough energy on day four of four to hold. I think Purdue will blow it open in the second half. But first half, watch for a close game. I, I like that analysis. I could definitely see this being uh, is Ohio State here to stay and they're you know down by two at half. And then at some point in the second half, four games in four days kind of kicks in and Purdue goes on a little 14-2 run or something of the sort. And – they win the game by 12 or 14 points. Um, yeah, I I don't know what other analysis to give. It's just this Ohio State team, like I mentioned, um, I didn't expect anything out of them. And even after the Iowa game, still didn't think it was anything special. But what they've done here towards the end of the season, it's it's been fun. Um, they They have to win, I believe, both of these games just to get back to 500 and get I think a that's correct, yeah. And get a chance. I mean, I guess they'd make the tournament. But don't you have to be 500 to get into the NIT? Is that the rule? I don't know, actually. Is that a rule? I, or is I'm that just sure more of a convention? I think it might just be a convention. Either way, um, if they get back to 500 and, and win both of these games, that would be the story of the season in college basketball. That's just a five games in five days type of run from a team that, you know, kind of, you didn't expect it to come, obviously. You have anything else you want to add for this game? I feel like we kind of did a little bit of a preview earlier. Yeah, no, I think we covered between now and then. Yeah. All right. The other game that I'm very excited for this one, that game, our first game will be at one Eastern noon central on CBS. This game will be at, 3.30 slash 2.30 on CBS immediately after. Penn State and Indiana, the last time these teams played and the only time these teams played this season, Penn State with a 19-point win at home. Penn State shot 18 of 31 from three, including a uh, 7 of 12 each effort from Seth Lundy and Andrew Funk, who combined for 20 – or, yeah, combined for 48 points. Um Penn State, are they going to stay hot and come shooting and it's going to be a good game, or do you think that Indiana takes care of business as the better team? I think this will go kind of the same way as the first game. As I was saying, it'll be close in the first half. Penn State will come out ready to go, but I don't think that they – I just don't think they have the guys 
to match up with who Indiana has, and they'll kind of blow it open in the second half. Do do you see it going the same way both games? Mm, this one, I I'm just a big believer in Penn State, and they've given me plenty of reason to be. Um, this is just I feel like what's happening right now is like special for this Penn State team. I could definitely I don't know like I'm not picking them to win, but I'm very, very – I would be very, very scared to write them off at this point. I don't know. I'm just not a big believer in, like, a Shrewsbury in general. I just don't – I just don't think he really – I don't know. It's weird because when they started the Big Ten season, I thought they were – I mean, they started off with, like, three or four great wins. And I thought this team's going to go finish second even though they have no, like, traditional big guy. Their Their team is, like, five guards basically who all can post up. It's, like, a weird dynamic. But then they like tapered off, but now they're rolling back. I don't know. I just get this weird vibe from the whole team, and I think it's more of the players just willing themselves than Micah Shrewsbury like drawing X's and O's. But Shrews maybe I'm wrong. X's and O's guy. I love Shrews' system, especially. I don't have a problem. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with the plays in general, like X and O's wise. But the I don't know, just the way that he goes about coaching and everything from the sideline just doesn't feel like it's a winning strategy to me. I don't know. I'm just down on 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 Micah. I'm the opposite. I am a I'm a big believer in Shrews. He just it's an, another like Woodson. We talked about this. It's an NBA style system, obviously, kind of reminiscent of what the Rockets were trying to do at the very end of the Harden era, whenever they had PJ Tucker as the center, and you had guys that were long and three and D guys everywhere on the court, like whenever they got rid of Capella, no true shot blocker. You have Miles Dredd as your five at you know, 6'5", 250. Um, it's just, it's fun because both of these teams, they space the court out. They have shooters and they have, you know, a, a leader in TJD or Jalen Pickett that is kind of going to, you know, be the catalyst of the offense. And it's going to make for, some interesting basketball, but what it does is it makes both of these teams very inconsistent and dependent upon how the players, those two guys are playing. So Pickett hasn't been scoring much lately, but he's doing a great job of distributing pretty dependent on Lundy and Funk hitting shots from outside, but don't see that changing after two days of hitting all their shots. I think between Pickett, Lundy, Funk, and Dredd, they're going to have to have another combined 48-er like they did last time to have a chance. I think Indiana is just playing so much better now than they were, especially in the beginning of January. That was when they were still figuring things out. Yeah, I, I, at this point in the season, Indiana was one and four in Big Ten play. So yeah, and they stormed all the way back to be the three seed, <clears throat> which tells you how how they're playing of late. I'm playing devil's advocate towards you in this situation. I'm going to pick Penn State to win this game. And if I was putting money on this game, I wouldn't bet anything because I'm not sure about this one at all. But I, I'm i a huge fan of Penn State. I think the run is magical. We're getting an Ohio State-Penn State championship game. Ohio State stealing a bid. Fun stuff. <laughs> you know, there was a time there where I was thinking we would get a, a Minnesota-Ohio State championship on Sunday. That's um, true. We're still – the higher seed is now three and seven. Is that right? Have there been 10 games? Yes. Three and seven because you had 
Purdue and Indiana today, and you had Maryland, Maryland yesterday. yesterday. So three and seven are the higher seeds at this point in this tournament. And you think that it's going to be two and oh tomorrow? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't History think so either. I think somebody's got to do something. History is telling you you're wrong, Taylor. All right, Pro if you say so, we'll regression, see. I'm a big regression towards the mean guy. To, today is not that day. All right, we'll see, I suppose. Is, I, you were you, saying it's Indiana's tournament to lose. This is Penn State's tournament to lose. You've ate your words a couple times on this podcast, so we'll see what happens. Hey, you've had your fair share of, of those as well. You know, it's fun being wrong. It's very fun being wrong publicly um, and being criticized for it. It's, it's just awesome. Only by you, though. No one else really criticizes it yet. Uh, you just okay. wait for the Twitter mob to hop on you. One yeah, day. I'm sure. It's, it's coming any day now. <laughs> um, that is all that we have planned for today. Again, another short episode tomorrow whenever we release this video. Um, it'll be up early in the morning. You guys are all aware of this. You're listening to it. Um, yeah, we will film again on Saturday night following the two semi-games. We'll give a breakdown of those, preview the championship, and that'll probably be a 15-minute video. There's just not a ton to talk about there. And then we will have our Selection Sunday special that will air either Monday or Tuesday um, for, for you guys before the, the tournament starts. Any yeah, any final thoughts before I do our plugs? There's uh there's just two days left till the third best day of the year. So third. Uh, well, the first Thursday and Friday where there's just a thousand games all day are one and two. I you could count them as like one day. I think Sunday is the best. I'm a huge I think fan all the games Sunday. I think all the games on Thursday and Friday are the best. I think you could yeah, I think Sundays those are, are two anyway. and three. I would say those are two and three. Um I think maybe today would be four and yesterday would be five just so many games and the second round would be six and seven flip those either way definitely the second best day would be thursday just because they're it's the first day of games but days three and four they're interchangeable yeah i think uh official I mean, we may disagree there but but anyways the top a top three day is coming up in two days and we have uh lots of big 10 teams to look forward to so we do i have nine nine in the field as of today and that is looking very unlikely to change barring an ohio state run that is true all right like i said at the start of the video um, link in the bio for or link in the description i keep saying bio for our link tree where you can find links to our youtube page our twitter account our tiktok account and our accounts on both apple podcasts and spotify Make sure that you take a, a look at each of those. Give us a like and a subscribe on this video, a like on those other platforms, and follow. Yeah, that's, that's all we've got for you today. We will see you guys tomorrow. Enjoy, enjoy this Big Ten basketball run. It's almost over. See you guys.